Welcome back to Highlights from the Cliff. My name is Whitney. And I'm Autumn. How are you doing today, Autumn? I'm pretty, I'm a mixed bag. You know, some of this news is really rather unfortunate. It's it's kind of sad to report sad news, mm-hmm. you know. So on the one hand, there's that. Um, but also, I don't know, I'm just feeling more settled in the chaos that the world is right now. I've kind of internally, I think I've reached like a true point of semi-acceptance for what is going on. And now I can just move ahead, whatever that means, you know? (laughs) How about you, Whitney? How are you doing? I mean, I definitely try to get to that point of just like acceptance of like the state of the world, but then it feels like every time I turn around, there's always some other bs that it's just like i'm not sure if this is like an actual thing or if you're just trying to distract me from the real issues that are happening but then i also like leave the house to go to the store and then people still don't know how to wear their masks right so it's just it's a whole time um (laughs) but yeah i definitely try not to think about it as like the state of the world as often as possible because like it is very um, depressing. <laughs> to yeah, say the there's least. really no other way to say it, guys. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, but then like I get so like in my zone, and I'm like, oh, everything's fine, and then like my phone buzzes, and I'm like, but it's not. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of just like where I'm at. But um, and like you said, it is really hard to report on sad news, but. That sad news will come later and then hopefully we'll end on a happy-ish note. I don't know. You'll you'll be the one to decide if it's happy or not. Um, But that's where we'll end up being. So let's just jump into this news real quick. Um, So Autumn, did you hear that Sony acquired $250 million stake in Epic Games? I think this makes a lot of sense, you know, because Fortnite is one of the hugest games that Epic Games has released, and it's just raking in money. And not only that, but there are millions of young people's eyes on Fortnite, which the game has taken advantage of before. They played their hand a little bit here and had, you know, virtual reality concerts Mm -hmm. and like kind of... I would I don't know what you would classify that as like 4D experiences almost, you know, in your own house. Maybe not, but you know, just just like you're you're reaching that next threshold of pushing entertainment to its absolute boundary. And I I love it. They're all experimenting and I think it makes total sense for Sony to want to get in on stuff like that because I think this is the future of um the digital music industry. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, Back in December, Sony had uh, mentioned how they were definitely going to get into that like virtual reality um, concerts sort of realm of things they were going to work with. um, I think it's called, ooh, is it? No, it's not DreamWorks. That's the, that's the thing, the movie thing. Uh, (laughs) But they have like a dream it's titled dream something and it's their version of um 
whatever it is, it's exclusive to PS4. Let's just say that. Uh, and so they were going to use all of their uh, like intellectual property that they have to like make games in order to uh, create worlds for um, virtual reality concerts. And I think this is are you talking about Unreal Engine? Mm, I I don't think so. Uh, I would have to look it up um, because there it's like a very specific thing but it started with dream um so there's that but this move to uh acquire stake in epic games is uh definitely a uh smart move on their part because it's kind of like epic games is a competitor when it comes to playstation but since sony is like a massive conglomerate of a lot of different um departments it's really nice for them to have that opportunity to kind of see in a sense what's going on at epic games and since epic games is so much smaller if they ever decided decided to fully acquire the company they could but tencent also owns a large stake in the company i think they own about 40 percent of it so um that also probably won't happen (laughs) if anything tencent will probably end up uh taking majority uh ownership but i i think it's a very smart move that sony decided to do yeah i i think even just on a purely gaming business level i mean sony doesn't really produce its own games you know they kind they don't really have a lot of um native games is that correct michael you're giving me a weird face um (laughs) i i but i mean you know they're good they're not I wouldn't say that they're looking at um epic games as competition necessarily in doing this move. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're kind of looking at it as like this is a partnership going forward because I uh, it, there's this tendency within video games for these you know huge powerhouse companies to kind of just get a little piece like here and there of everything to just kind of see what the landscape is like in their market at the current moment, because these they're racing for innovation and they have to just jump to the next lily pad on the pond here, you know? And I think this is like pretty good foresight for Fortnite. Bam. There we go. I mean, that's a payday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, kind of also in that, um, like virtual sphere of things, you could say. Um, driving concerts are becoming a thing. Um, and I like specifically, we're going to talk about Blake Shelton uh, announcing his driving concert, which is uh, very different from other driving concerts uh, for the. Uh, specific fact that it is more virtual than an actual experience um and when I say actual experience I mean an actual in-person experience so um like Brad Paisley and Keith Urban they also put on drive-in concerts and they were in-person events and um to be fair like Keith Urban his was for uh like medical professionals um and Brad Paisley, his is actually coming soon. So, and I think it's also like a ticketed event for um, the public. But my issue is with Garth Brooks and now um, 
Blake Shelton, how their uh, concerts are going to be. They're going to be live streamed to venues around the country, which sounds like it would be really awesome. But the fact that you have to pay for Garth Books, it was $100 per vehicle. And for Blake Shelton, it's going to be about $115. And Blake Shelton is like, he's also going to have openers of Gwen Stefani and Trace Adkins. But like, I don't know, from my perspective, it's really hard to justify that ticket price when there's not a whole lot of like promotions in like every single city and to expenses to travel to those cities and all of that. So from my personal opinion, it's going to be very hard to justify that ticket price. But regardless, people are going to pay for it if they like want to go. Yeah, I think everything you said about that was spot on. Uh, some some people have that money to blow right now. Some people are doing real well for themselves amidst this whole crisis. You know, um, I don't know if that's right or not. Maybe it's not, like you said. Yeah, I mean, essentially the company, um, it's called uh, Encore. Like Encore night driving something i don't know it's like really difficult when you go to their website there's like three different names for it so encore drive-in nights is what's listed in this article about it um but yeah so they i i don't know i just i can't get behind the way that this is structured because the concerts are going to be at drive-ins which a normal drive-in movie is like $10 a person upwards of 20 max. And like, if you're just giving like, Oh, I almost said like a reel, but that's probably not right. Like a tape, a DVD. I don't know. (laughs) What's the most modern way of saying this. Uh, (laughs) But like a physical copy of the concert to that drive-in, they already have everything there in order to like, present it they already have the screens uh people can like tune in on their radios in their car and all of that so i don't know i just it just takes me right back to that ticket price because like if you're going to stream the concert just do it from home where i can be in my pjs and i could be real comfy i could pay like five dollars and like boom we're all happy wait wait are you telling me that it's a it's a stream. You're paying a hundred dollars for a car to go park and watch a live stream. You're not like watching him perform live. Yes, Autumn, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh my god, <laughs> I was totally misled. This article's <laughs> title was so misleading that we read. Oh yes, my god, this is. I'm outraged right now hearing that. <laughs> realizing you must be this mad. This is how mad you are about this. I understand. Wow. Yeah, because that's like, a ripoff. Um, it really is because when you look at it, like Live Nation is also doing uh, driving concerts, but they are in person. Like Brad Paisley okay. will be on the stage performing. You will be in your car watching. But literally, oh my gosh, like, mm, like I don't want to be like scam, but like scam. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I, ooh, when I first found out about this from Garth Brooks, literally... I was going off for like a week straight. Like I, I just couldn't get my mind off of it. Like, what do you mean? I'm paying a hundred dollars to watch a streamed <laughs> event from my car. Like, 
I could drink from home. It's not even that serious. So like, I don't know. My brain has been like racing and going off about this specific situation (laughs) since I found out about Garth Brooks's concert. And now they're doing it with Blake Shelton. And I'm just like, still like emotionally infuriated. But like, they added more before also like let's go back to this garth brooks situation because he didn't even have any additional openers his openers were his music videos so it was just him and he was charging an exorbitant amount of money yes and wow. then <laughs> i wonder if i wonder if this is going to be a successful event do you think people will be willing to spend that much money or will they not fill up as many car parking spaces as they thought Or is it just, okay, I have a question. Are they live streaming this to one theater? Is that the thing? Like one drive-in? No. Oh, it's to multiple. Yeah, all across the country. There's not even like the excuse that there's not enough, there's not a lot of seats, like limited parking. Yeah, but I can assure you they're going to sell out. Like no matter like where they are, like, cause honestly, they're probably going to choose places where um, there have been fans that went to concerts before um, or like uh, Blake Shelton has performed in those cities before, mm-hmm. but the capacity of a drive-in theater might be 200, 400 cars and you could fit like four or five, six people in a vehicle. Whereas if you go to, like if Blake Shelton were to go on actual tour and tour at like an arena, there's going to be upwards of 5,000, 10,000 seats. So you're taking about a very small fraction of the amount of fans that would normally go to those concerts and being like, hey, here's a drive-in event with your favorite artists. You should check it out. And, and people, people are going to think pay. it's a deal. They're going to think yeah. it's a deal. They're like, I'm going to pile like 10 people in my car and it's going to be a steal. I yeah. guess you're right. This is kind of unfortunate. Maybe it we'll is. see. We'll see. Maybe some people will restructure this and in the future it might not be quite as severe because that's that's not fair, man. I mean, yeah. I guess that's the way the world works sometimes. But I mean, I even at uh, like $100 per car and let's say you had four people in there and it was $25 per person, it would sound like a good deal until you realize it's a streamed event. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say I was sharing, I was looking at other news articles in the past few weeks even about, you know, drive through, let's see, drag shows. There was a drag show in Houston. I'm sure there's like a couple around Which the sounds fun. It sounds so fun. Like you can park. They would even they even um, open the bar's kitchen to serve brunch like they normally do. This was like before it got super, super hot. So I don't know if they're still doing this here right now. But they had the queens, you know, coming out with like a bullhorn or like a microphone or something. And they would they just had a show outside and people were in their cars and they even let people on bicycles come and stay to promote like, you know, good earth policies. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I would like at that point, I would be tipping like regularly, you know, at this event because it's in person, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a drag queen dancing on the hood of my car. Of course. Yeah, of course. Not, like, who for, <laughs> not for that. Not for a streamed event. No, thank you. <laughs> so what if what if let's transition to the next piece of news we have? What if theater starts becoming like live streaming theater events becomes really cost prohibitive what if companies do that 
I okay, so I like the idea of like digital theater productions because it does make it a lot easier for more people to be um kind of uh what's the word like they they'll experience it for maybe the first time and uh get exposure to, yeah yeah they'll be exposed to it and so in that sort of sense I really do like the idea but then when you give away that sort of experience for free it brings the question to me is it going to be harder to get people to pay for that sort of like that same good or service once quarantine is over it's like of course all the like theater nerds and the people who would pay an exorbitant amount of money to go to the theater are going to resume to go to the theater afterwards but any of those people who you wanted to initially get their foot in the door are they going to be less inclined because they had that experience while in quarantine and didn't have to pay for it um that's kind of where my mindset is when it comes to digital theater but I also do really enjoy being able to watch uh productions on my computer but I don't know like theater productions it really hits different in person yeah, I agree. I think there is a connection with the players in the audience when you're live that you kind of miss out on when you're watching something. I mean, I watched Hamilton, uh, you know, the day it came out on Disney Plus, and it was great. I had never seen it in visuals before either. Like Whitney, you know, I listened to the soundtrack a lot, though. Like I know I know about half the words, which like took me a long time. Like took me like <laughs> eight months to learn even half the soundtrack. So I have like so much respect for these people. But it didn't there's something missing and it's really that feeling of being in the theater and feeling the energy and the the like when you feel the sound in your body, you know, like with the orchestra playing live and the people singing into the the acoustically designed room that you're sitting in, you know, it just, it obviously is going to be like a different experience, but I, I really think it will, will not affect how many people want to buy tickets to shows because especially if we're putting these productions in accessible places for, um, people who might not even really know what theater is about at this point, maybe they're young or they're, uh, not really shown those parts of culture you know for whatever reason or maybe they don't maybe they don't even know what broadway is maybe they just no one ever told them you know and uh they can see something like this and it could like really open the door for people you know like for for me this is the only way i'm gonna see productions like this probably for a long time because i'm just like so i have to be so fiscally conscious right now that like i wouldn't be exposed to it unless it was you know unless I had my Spotify account or like whatever. So I just see it as kind of spreading the access and maybe it will just be really, really lucrative for these people to do both like Broadway producers and stuff to have the, the rights to license it, to stream it and then also continue live production. I think that's fine. I mean, this has like been the age old question though. It's why we still don't have a wicked movie. It's been like 15 years and we don't have a wicked movie. Mm -hmm. um, people are just afraid that it's going to like plummet their attendance. But I feel like more people know about Hamilton now. What are you talking about? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It just. Yeah. I mean, it was all the rage when it like came out and like hit Broadway. And like, I, I swear I could like 
I could not get away from it for the longest time because all of my friends in undergrad were just constantly talking about it. And I was just like, I haven't seen it. Um, And then I got an internship and like half the people there were talking about it. And I was just like, wow, I feel like really out of the loop. And now that it's on Disney Plus and like now it's back in the news, everyone's talking about it again. It's definitely a like trending topic right now. And like you're starting to see like memes pop up about it because everyone's being able to like watch it now and meme the things that are really funny like um Jonathan Groff playing King George the third like I'm sorry but like his like spit <laughs> like every time I see it I can't I can't unsee it but then uh there was an interview that was done and he was like oh yeah um I'm just a really wet performer <laughs> Oh my god see we wouldn't have had a gift like that unless we had revived this visual of him you know mm-hmm. it's just immortalized forever and i love that you know i mean i still watch like the broadway 1989 production of into the woods it's like the mm-hmm. original broadway cast and i like that's what that was my first exposure to into the woods you know so i think like and i was a teenager when i saw that so i as a young person i think especially having as much access to media as possible is great for people um yeah, speaking I agree. Of, yeah, speaking of uh, rights to media, we have a name controversy happening, although it shouldn't really be a controversy in my opinion. This sounds rather straightforward to me, but we'll see. We'll see. What are the shenanigans going on over here, Whitney? I listen. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat on this. So there is a singer. Her name is Lady A. And Lady A, uh, she does like jazz, like soul type of music. And she's been doing this for 20 years. Uh, Her actual name is Anita White. And about, I want to say, maybe like a couple weeks ago, uh, the country group Lady Antebellum decided, hey, we're going to change our name because Antebellum has uh, like racist roots. And mind you, they have been getting a lot of um, flack for their name for a few years, but they haven't just like they just didn't do anything about it until like the Black Lives Matters protests really just started to like ramp up. And every really everyone really like got behind that movement of like, hey, we need to be more conscious and more aware of like what we're doing and all of that. And so Lady Antebellum was like, hey, we're going to change our name we are going to try to go with Lady A because I guess uh, they've been like unofficially using this for like merchandise for like the last couple of years. And of course the actual Lady A, Miss Anita White, found out about this and was like, um, excuse me, I'm Lady A. And so she decided to speak out against this and apparently at one point in time lady antebellum and lady a they were on a phone call together they were very cordial they were trying to work things out and then lady antebellum decided to turn to the courts and was like hey can you affirm our um trademark on lady a like do we have the right to do this and um 
then Anita White was like, oh, I thought we were having like a good conversation here. Like it was just like us trying to work things out. And now you're going to take it to the courts. I see you. Now we have a problem. So uh, that's kind of where things are right now. And we'll see how, how this ends up playing out. Um, in the legal sphere, it's really unfortunate that they couldn't resolve this by themselves, but it's even more unfortunate that, um, Lady Antebellum was like, oh, we're going to not have a racist name. So instead we're going to harm a black person in this process. So like literally take a black woman's name away from her. Yeah. (sighs) It's just, this is tiring y'all. Like why? (sighs) Yeah, I think it's really, really uh, doesn't look good on Lady Antebellum's part that they are taking this to court, even though they claim that they have been granted a trademark for that name since 2011. But that means somebody messed up. They shouldn't have been granted that because this woman was Lady A has been around for 20 plus years, you know, and it's like, what if she's not really up and coming on the digital kind of sphere or these kinds of um copyright law you know it's like this is not easily accessible information for a lot of people i don't understand that i wouldn't understand that if i was just like a singer you know i wouldn't understand what that means if i'm like an indie artist uh so yeah i think that this is a really bad looking issue you know yeah i i definitely agree and like in a sense like I like if I were to just take like a more like logical stance on this uh Lady A should have like filed her name as like this is me this like uh because like I don't know if she gets paid by like being like Anita White like sign my check or if someone like if she does a performance actually signs like lady a like to lady a um because then that would be like anita white doing business as lady a and so that would be like her kind of like business um so then she would have like a legal uh background to be like hey no you can't do this because clearly i operate my business as lady a um so like if she does have that uh kind of like arrangement uh, already set up yeah legally yeah then i think she should be okay but um also like trademarks are uh a very different thing so like um oh really see like if i didn't have a friend like you whitney i wouldn't know any of this yeah so you know like how are people supposed to find this out yeah so like if you ever look at something and um it could be like uh, a brand or a title or something and it has that little c in a circle that's mean that means it's copyrighted but if it has a little tm next to it it means it's trademarked so those are like two different things and so it's going to be really interesting to see how things do play out because if they're going for like the trademark route and not the copyright route then things could get a little murky and messy. So um, like I said, we'll just have to see where this ends up. Um, I really hope Lady A 
does uh like is able to continue operating as herself with her name that she's been using for the past 20 years and not have a country group that has a massive following uh really like take that from her um just because they need to figure out what to do right now based on their band name like you should never uh like change your band name and harm a lower artist because you didn't think through the repercussions of what your band name could mean to other people. Yeah. Like don't step on other people to get to the top. Exactly. That's just not cool. No matter what, man. Okay. (laughs) It's like, let's just uh, be supportive of one another and not harm each other in the process of being successful. Cause we're all out here just doing our best trying to be successful in an industry that is very hard to be successful in. And so if we can all figure out a way to like not harm one another and let each other live in peace, I think that's going to be our best way forward, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Oh, scary. Right. <laughs> so moving to the UK for a little bit, Just a quick little second on the UK. The UK government has said that they will allow small numbers of essential cast and crew to travel to the UK without having to quarantine for 14 days before they go to work. So this is a good sign for the production side of um, the entertainment industry globally, because this means that as long as you can get out of your country, you can be you'll be let in to the United Kingdom. So this is. You know, ironically, this might end up helping like the case for Brexit here if this like rakes in a, a little bit of money, you know, because they're filming big budget stuff in this country. Um, Mission Impossible 7 and 8. What? 7 yeah, I, and 8. I don't know who needed that, but. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I didn't know they were filming two at once. I guess that's how you truly save some money right there. So. Right. Tom Cruise is planning to resume filming at Warner Brothers Studios in the United Kingdom. And so they are already ready to go on that, basically, which is really interesting. I don't know how. I don't know how like how many people do you think are like essential crew on a Mission Impossible movie, though? This is the thing. If it's big budget, the word essential, I don't really know what this legally means, according to, you know, like union contracts or um, other types of things. But. So we have Mission Impossible 7 and 8 resuming, and then Jurassic World Dominion will resume this week as well, which is also a huge blockbuster movie. So this is quite a big deal because California, you know, they might be shut down for the next couple months still. We don't really know. No one knows what's going on. It could start in a week. It could start in 10 weeks. We don't know. What do you think about this? I, um, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, but so as of right now it seems like uh jurassic world has already resumed their production over there so um that's going to be really interesting but i i think you have you made a great point like what constitutes uh essential on a big budget film um there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that they're it's really difficult to be like okay well you can come, but you can't come. And like everyone that is involved uh, in these movies will have to uh, like do their part to like be as like together and not uh, engaging with uh, 
too many people on like the outside world so like that's going to be a lot of people if it's well not if it's for a major production because it is so um that's just it's crazy because uh I feel like it would be easier to see how things went if it started off with like a smaller production and then worked your way back up to a bigger production. But I just wonder if this was a decision that was made by the studios because the longer that they went without uh, finishing the movies, if it was like costing them money to just like sit on these projects. Oh, absolutely. You know, a lot of the choices that are being made right now are looking at can we afford this it's not out of you know desire to just go back to work it's literally because you have to work to live Mm -hmm. we can't in like at a certain point we're gonna run out of content to be pumping out you know like if fall fall season's coming up for television and they're just they're not gonna really have new shows or even you know continuations of ends of seasons and stuff like that to continue so uh this is kind of a weird, unprecedented era of television because, ironically, we've never had more content available to us than right now, but all of it's old. <laughs> we don't have any really new stuff besides uh, people who have utilized, uh, you know, social distancing, like uh, late night shows and news and news broadcasts and that kind of thing. Uh, and it yeah. might it might stay like that for like a while because California, I think this is also newsworthy when we need, you know, we need to talk about this, that Los Angeles County has been ordered to close non-critical sectors of the economy, you know, like bars and restaurants are ordered to close, movie theaters, zoos. Um, so this is just really going to push people back to having to stay at home most of the time and not really engaged with the economy. So it's just kind of going to get a little bit worse before it gets better for people in the United States, I think. So, I mean, I'm kind of glad that at least somebody is able to resume productions in the UK as long as they know that they can be safe about it. I wish everybody well on those sets. Thank you for entertaining us, but please be safe. No amount of money is worth your life. Okay. Just remember that kids. Yeah. I, I'll just like retweet everything that Autumn just said because uh, it's really important that you do stay safe when uh, working on these productions. But um, speaking of productions, especially smaller productions, one that did take place was uh, Zendaya. Uh, She was able to uh, participate in the film uh, filming of a short film with uh john david washington and um this happened in um california i believe it was oh i'm gonna forget the name i remembered it like the other day malcolm and uh, marie is the title yes that's the title of the movie um it was shot uh shot at the caterpillar house in carmel california um And so this in, or Monterey, California, I don't know, I'm seeing two different locations here, but essentially um, it was just like a big estate that a lot of people, specifically these 12 uh, casting crew people were allowed to go there and kind of like quarantine on site with one another 
And they had like a chef there that also cooked for them. So they didn't have to engage in the with the outside world while they were um, filming this project. And I think that this is going to be um, definitely something that Hollywood will take note of if um, they were uh, hard pressed on resuming uh, productions as soon as possible. Because with, like we mentioned, with the current state of California, it's going to be hard to resume these massive productions. But if it's something small that can be done, I feel like this would be the best way to go about doing it. Yeah, you could do it like this. I also see this kind of pushing more stuff to VFX. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't really think like green screens are that relevant anymore, green and blue screens. But, you know, there there might be a lot of um, work in that in that part of it, too. So in that part of the industry, especially if you can have um, just really essential visuals in person to film with a cast you know of like three people and you have the other like nine crew members in the background helping out you know it could really push some new stuff out because people are gonna really be hurting for it i think people are gonna miss it once if sports don't resume the way people want them to or on schedule and uh everybody needs to put their eyeballs somewhere so we'll see yeah i mean personally for me there was the a cliffhanger for like the winter finale for Law and Order SVU and I've been waiting to know what's going to happen next and it's been like since December so your girl's struggling every time she thinks about Olivia Benson but that's okay <laughs> just tell me what happens have them release an official like script fan fiction-esque hybrid thing I will just read tell it. People a novella. I think people would eat it up. You know, <laughs> um, this really brings us. We really don't have other positive news to share. So unfortunately, we are going to also join the report saying that Naya Rivera has been confirmed as deceased. Um, her body was recovered from Lake Piru in um, California. So. That search is officially concluded, which I am grateful for because that is not a fun process to be waiting for news of a loved one who is missing. So my love goes out to her family and everybody who is in her life and enjoyed her friendship and love. Uh, She is notable for Glee and a really short-lived comedy called Royal Family on CBS. So... um, yeah, her son, and she was boating with her son on a pontoon boat, and nobody knows what happened yet, but I'm sure an autopsy could possibly help give some ideas to how this accident occurred. She drowned shortly thereafter, and her son was alone on the boat for a couple of hours before authorities found him and asked him what happened. Um, so they've been looking for her for a few days, I think, since... Um, I don't can you confirm when they were when she went missing for me Wednesday evening okay so yeah that's quite a kind of quite a while so I'm glad that that's over yeah I 
I I was shocked when I heard the ner- uh the news that she was missing. It just really brought me back to when I was super into watching Glee, and honestly, uh, Naya's character Santana was one of my favorites. Like in the first season, she was really made out to be like that mean girl type of character, but like as the seasons went on, she really uh like opened up, and you got to see a different side of her. And so I just really loved her character. I think Naya was an incredible person and was super talented. And I really feel for her family um, and especially her son. Like the fact that he got on the boat, turned around, saw his mother go under and then like crickets like that's that's not, that's something that's going to stick with him for the rest of his life. So I really hope that um, he and their family really... Uh, just like just love one another like it's it you never know when uh t- like any day will be your last so just like care for one another and just be as i i really don't know like it's just it's such a sad story um and i just really feel for her son i really do yeah, we're going to be thinking about him for a long time. So we'll join everybody else in mourning for her. We'll see what happens if they, what happens next, I guess. Yeah. So we'll pivot a little bit here to close it out. But Walt Disney World officially opened over the weekend. They opened half of their parks. So they opened Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. And they have delayed the Epcot and Hollywood Studios reopening until July 15th, which is at the time of recording. That is two days for like a day and a half from now. So uh, I'm not really sure why they staggered it like that. I guess maybe to offload how many people are in the resorts um, and maybe just in the Orlando area in general. I'm sure it's going to help with traffic and like the airport and stuff like that. So um i don't know if this was a good idea i'm gonna i'm just gonna say that right now on the record because literally this afternoon hong kong disneyland said it's gonna close again so this is just a really precarious moment i feel like everybody is all these people who are in these high up positions and these companies these global companies are having to step on a pile of cascading rocks down this mountain and like nobody knows what's going to happen next if you're going to land on solid ground or not. So that's pretty wild to me that Hong Kong Disneyland has only been open for like three weeks or something. It hasn't even been that long and they already have to shut down again. It makes me wonder if this is going to like financially um, set the company back because they did lose some stock value um, in the late afternoon over this. They lost about 26 percent um the price fell of shares 2.6 percent toward the end of trading in the united states today so um what do you think about this whitney i i agree with you i think it was the wrong decision to make um especially in florida but to be honest here in the u.s like the disney parks are only in florida or california and either one would have been a horrible 
decision to do but especially since of like the most recent reports um there's been 15,000 new cases of COVID-19 just from the state of Florida so like this is not something that should have happened or been allowed to happen I understand there's a lot of people who love Disney and Disney is like the happiest place on earth but it's not going to be that happy if it's rampant with COVID-19. Um, I also know that they uh, had a, it was like the annual pass holders. They were allowed to uh, get in the parks before uh, the public. And it was really easy to like social distance and all of that. But um when it came down to it, uh, this video that I was watching of someone who went, he asked one of the uh, people that works at the park, like how often uh, they were cleaning the inside of um, one of the rides. I forget which ride it was, but it was an indoor ride. And so he was like, oh, well, like, how often are you cleaning it? And the uh, person who worked there was like, oh, um, we stop the ride from like running every two hours and clean it. And I'm like, that's not enough. That is these, not enough. These indoor rides are only about three minutes max. That's, that's maximum people. So in three hours, that's a lot of people touching everything. Yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding. Like I, oh my gosh, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around that. But like, um, I understand going on the like outdoor rides if you wanted to do that, but even this like thought of getting on like a roller coaster and everyone like screaming and then like you're literally going right through their germs. Like I, <laughs> you could keep it all. <laughs> yeah, I will not spend my money on that right now. I'm yeah. good, thanks. You know, exactly. Until there is, um, until you can literally prove to me that I am going to be completely safe at these parks. I am not getting on rides and I may or may not actually like go there depending on what this whole social distancing thing looks like that you are enforcing in the park because if you say you're doing it and then you're not, I'm out. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's like this is one of those situations where I'm like, I'll see what happens. I'll see what those people who were brave enough to try that I'll see what happens to them and then I'll make my decision accordingly. Exactly. Because yeah. uh, I'm not putting myself out there on the line just to catch COVID-19 because someone decided that they were going to take two hours to clean a ride. Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. We'll see how long Florida stays open because at the rate we're going, like we're pretty much guaranteed that, that we're just going to be rinsing and repeating this process for a long, long time if people don't learn. Honestly, either Florida is going to shut down or Florida is going to be like, um, like, I don't know, like a hazmat zone or whatever. Like, just don't go. <laughs> yeah, just. Mm. OK, well, it's not really good news, but it's interesting news. So we'll be here and you we'll know, be we'll hanging. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>